This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London consecutive running podcast. And we're running consecutively. We're, we're unbeaten, this podcast. We've been beaten in a very long time and we just keep going on and on. And I'm very happy about that. I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint once again the day after Brentford, coincidentally, also consecutively went on a bit of a run. They keep continuing, going on and on. We were up a borough and they got a very, very good result at Borough. So we thought we'd get together on a Sunday afternoon, sit around the virtual joint and we will talk about it. And like I said, my name's Billy Grant here and I'm sitting here with my buddy Laney. How are you? I'm very good, Bill. Very good. Yeah, it was a thoroughly enjoyable Saturday afternoon, sat in front of the box, listening to BBC local northeastern radio for some reason. It was, uh, yeah, different different characters doing the commentating this week, which made a bit of a change. So, yeah, but the goals, uh, they just kept coming, didn't they? So, uh, yeah, great, great vibe and lots to talk about today. Definitely lots to talk about. I said to you, we've, uh, like I said to you, we've got <laughs> these podcasts are coming thick and fast, and it is quite difficult for us at times. But to be honest with you, it makes it much more enjoyable if we go smashing in four goals a game, uh, as we've done at least for the past few games as well. Four goals plus more, which is all good. Also in the house, we've got the liberal. The liberal's in the house, but not the liberal Nick, because um, he's still sitting at home uh, programming in Python because he's got it so much into his stats, as you probably heard in the last podcast. He can't spend time coming on with us. So we've, we've called the Liberal Tom into the house to see what he thinks. Liberal Tom, how are you? Oh, very well, thank you. I've got to say, you're, you're being very kind to me. You keep bringing me on when, we, uh, when we're, we're on decent performances and decent games. But then again, based on the season so far, there's not been too many to, to say otherwise. But uh, no, very well. Much better after yesterday. That's much better as well. So I'm glad I could feel the beaming. I could see the smiling coming from all sorts of joints all over London, as we're saying today, because lucky said to you, Brentford went into last weekend bit nervous I have to say I was a little bit nervous going to that Borough game and I know other people were as well because Borough are a very tough side and we'll talk about that a little bit later but coming out with a result on Saturday that was for me 
one of the best results, if not the best result of the season for various different reasons because of the Warnockism and because of the way we did it and because of the way that we came from behind and because we were very strong and because we could have fluffed it and there's all sorts of stuff and so for me I just feel even better about that result than the, the Wickham result and the Swansea result and the all the other results are the Bournemouth result but that's just me, I mean you, you Laney? Yeah, I, I, I was feeling a bit nervy. Um, funny enough, I, I, I was until I did the podcast with um, Rob from Fly Me to the Moon. I did that with him on Friday afternoon, and all of a sudden I felt their nerves. Actually, they, you know, they they had a good transfer window. When I say good, it was busy, um, and it looked like uh, Warnock had got a fair few players in to to help them with their push uh, for the playoffs or automatic promotion themselves. You know, Niskins, Cabano, and Balassi and. You know, players that really pose a, an attacking threat, and I, I kind of, I think there's just always a tendency just to think that the other team are going to be better than they are, and I, I, I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, and maybe, maybe it's a good thing. I, I, I think that's like a Brentford fan thing. I'm not saying Brentford in it, but I think there's always a chance that you know, the minute you start taking it for granted, is the, the time the wheels start to fall off. Um, and I, and I spoke to them on their pod. And as I said, I, I felt the nerves. And the more I thought about it, and their stinky home run, and you know, just the fact that they they're good in our mind because they they turned us over consecutively. You know, when we got to the second tier, um, you know, after we got promoted, um, and I'm still scarred a little bit from the trips to the Riverside when they beat us in the playoffs, and you know, earlier in that season, and then the one after. So. I saw yesterday just a, a just a maturity about Brentford that I don't think we need to worry too much. Yeah, you know, don't take it for granted, but this this team really are the real deal, and I think we have to accept that we are better than most teams in this division. That might sound a bit arrogant, but hey, you know, twenty games that afford you a little bit of arrogance, I'm sure. Liberal Tom, a little bit nerves going into that game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, classic Warnock football. You're never quite sure how we're going to respond to it, you know. I, I still I still shiver from when we played against Stoke last season, and I know that wasn't under Warnock, but it was that style of football. I just hate coming up against it, where they're kind of very resilient. But particularly, as, as, as Lenny was talking about, they had some good transfers during that window, some really good attacking creative players. Uh, and it showed. And actually, you know, I'm going to do a bit of a T-sport commentary uh, moment. You know, they were giving us a lot of praise after the game. But, you know, I think credit where it's due. They, they created a lot of opportunities. They gave us a really good game. Uh, and, and I think really, you know, as, as they reflected on, I think it was just our class and our professionalism that really, that really shone through that made the difference in the end. But uh, 4-1 was flattering, but not undeserved. Definitely not undeserved. We're going to be coming back and talking to that, about that game in a minute. But there's one thing that did come out of that game which has made us very, very proud. And it's, a very, and it's quite big. And it's, I think it's going to very much impact on the season for us because I think it kind of impacts, or it kind of basically says what our team is all about. We came out of that game and, uh, like I said to you, we're on an unbeaten run now, an unbeaten run of 20 games which is pretty phenomenal. Everyone's now talking about it. Everyone's sort of saying how Brentford, they're unbeatable now. They're a very hard team to beat. You know, they're the team to beat at the moment now. So now we're, we're definitely not under the radar anymore. But there was a little question that was posed, Laney, that you, that you put up on Besotted Twitter yesterday, wasn't there? Yeah, it was about an hour after the, the, the whistle had finished. And, you know, we, we were talking about it on WhatsApp and we talked about it for the last week, really. Um, and the question was, you know, what do you consider as a Brentford fan? the biggest Brentford achievement either the eight straight wins that we saw 
last season, the, the Sheffield Wednesday, and then seven after Project Restart, so there was eight consecutive wins, or the 20-game unbeaten run so far, brackets, this campaign. Both really significant achievements, landmark, both really memorable. I don't think we'll ever forget either of them. Ultimately, all, all runs come to an end, but at the moment we're in the middle of this, or, you know, we're full, full steam ahead with this 20-game unbeaten run. Um, and the response to the poll has been been incredible, I'd say. You know, it's a thousand votes already. Um, there's still some time to go. Um, and then, oh, this is the talking point. I, I can see the merit of voting both ways. Eight straight wins was just the shot in the arm we all needed. Uh, and it propelled us from kind of slightly edge of playoff maybe playoffs into real promotion contenders last year we know how it ended we haven't got to go through that um, but you take the run as the run um, this 20, 20 game unbeaten run it still may not get us to the promised land either but it's current it's now and 85% of the thousand people so far that have voted say the current 20 match unbeaten run in the second tier of football is 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 the greater achievement and there's there's lots of talking points Bill you know and I think looking back as we will do in like three or four years time wherever we might be you know this this period is going to be special how where where's your head at Bill where where do you think you know the the greater achievement is out of those two runs so you said 85 percent 85 percent say the current 20 match so far unbeaten run is is the greater achievement so not 74% not 74% uh, no there's time for this there's time for it to happen mate but no 85% at the moment oh dear, a bit gutted about that actually actually broken <laughs> it's broken the the the, 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 the routine that's, there it's just broken it completely that's normally the de- to, to explain that's normally the default percentage isn't it of, of anything the chances of winning Saturday, 70, 74%. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a long-running in this sort of joke, and people out there will know that one from time. But just coming back to that, for me, um, I think there's no two ways about it. I mean, I was obviously very excited and quite surprised when we went on that eight-match unbeaten run. And also the other thing is that the reason why it was great last time as well is the fact that we come out of a three- or four-month lockdown and we were so potty for football, um, you know, anything would do. Uh, we, uh, and also it did help that we were playing Fulham the first game and West Brom the second game which are two games that we felt that we really did need to win so the fact that we won those first two in that, in that run that, that run was just fantastic and you know even though we won those first two I never thought that we were going to go on to win four stroke five stroke six stroke seven you know so that was actually a really good and a really good buzz at the time in a very short space of time um, ultimately we didn't get where we want to go to. Again, my argument, I'm going to say, a lot of people says, oh yeah, well, we, we fell off at the end, you know, we fluffed it, we, we weren't strong enough. But my argument is that, you know, we actually fluffed it at the beginning of the season. And if you if you if we, if we lost the first two matches, but won the, the following eight, we still wouldn't have got there anyway. So it's kind of how you, it's how it's perceived in the, in, in the longer term. So for me, you know, like I said to you, that run, was great at the time it got us really buzzing it really put us on the map all the tv people were just buzzing about us and probably that's a lot of the reason why they're now you know we're favorites to go up this season everyone says oh it's got to be Brentford this season even though the main bulk of the team or our attacking force had actually changed from last season so coming back to your question 
for me, 20 games unbeaten is on another level because, first of all, we're, we're almost half a season unbeaten. Now, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. Also, I think there's a mentality that a team goes into when you're going unbeaten, which means if you if you continue to be unbeaten, okay, some people say a lot of them are draws, but if you continue to be unbeaten, you're moving forward all the time. You're moving forward all the time. Whereas if you lose a game, you're either standing still or going backwards. So I think you're moving forward. So there's that. Also, I think that when you're unbeaten, your opposition treat you differently. So you go into Borough, 20 games unbeaten, and they're treating us differently as if we've come there four games unbeaten or six games unbeaten or three games. So I think there's lots of different factors in there. uh, And I really do believe that this run for us kind of really does underpin where we are going and what we're about and the fact that we have... Um, you know, last couple of seasons we've been a little bit up and down, but this just goes to show you that we are steadier. But we are still scoring goals. We're still, um, we're still, we're still defensively quite tight. I mean, we'll talk about the defensive fluster a little bit later as well. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of positives about this 20 game run, and I really do think that it kind of just sets us in stone and makes us very solid. And um, a lot of teams are just gonna they're gonna be scared of us. Before you, we speak to the liberal. The, of, of the draws that you mentioned, you say a lot of them are draws. I, I, I make it eight of the twenty have been draws. So that makes twelve wins still. So I still think that's that's pretty phenomenal. Well, it is, Laney. And but the fact is that you know there are eight draws in that. Whereas those eight draws would probably have, you know, six of them have probably been losses last season. So you've picked up an extra six points. And we have to remember last season, I remember that, you know, we came into this period, around about this period now, we were, what's it, third, fourth. We're sort of thirdish, fourth. So it's like, you know, Fulham, you know, it's West Brom and, and Leeds are at the top. Then there was Fulham third. Then there was Nottingham Forest who are fourth. And then we were kind of fifth actually around about that time but potentially can go fourth if we really went on a good run we could went third but you know but we were there and then all of a sudden oh we lost a game and then we were there and then oh we lost another game so we were were always kind of going forward then sort of kind of going one step backwards the whole time and I think that I could see the difference now as beforehand where a game that we could have got a draw and I'd be disappointed last season you know I'm saying oh god we only drew against Reading we only drew against Rotherham whereas now I'm delighted if we get a draw because I know we're always moving forward and I know that last season all we needed was I believe it was one more draw and then we would have gone up automatically so it just goes to show you that I think having a slightly more conservative approach but still very very good and being able to bang those goals in when you need to I think is the right type of approach and I think Thomas Frank he's obviously been working towards this he's obviously learnt and he's gone in there now and he's set us up the right way and I'll be we're going to be very unlucky if we if we don't get undone now. You know, when I say unlucky, there's injuries, there's other things that might happen. But mentality-wise and setup-wise, we're doing the right thing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm always going to root for the underdog, so I'm going to represent the other 15. percent That's it, you know. But um, I, I, I think I, I can't I can't fault anything you've said. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's incredible. You know, 20 games unbeaten in a championship top, you know. Top, top football, as, as Thomas Frank would put it, uh, you know, shows how far we've come. But I, what I want to do is just draw it. I'm not, I'm not going to try and take JB's crown here, but I'm going to use a little bit of stats here. So I'm looking back at the 2013-2014 when we were coming up from League One. And in that season, at the time, in I think it was late October or so, where we started building a bit of momentum in our season, we were down in 10th. Right, and we managed to build up, and we managed to get ourselves into second, really pushing up there. And there were three teams that were up there, 
And what was important really was that there was three teams all the way up there until towards the end of the season. And then suddenly the, the, the beloved Slades, uh, you know, Leighton Orient side that we all have so many memories of, they slipped away. And when you look at it, they're 12 points off the pace from us by the time the end of the season comes around. Haven't been there with us for those big runs all the way through. And I think, you know, I'm not taking anything away from 20 games, but we've also got to think about it in terms of where we are in the season. Still a lot of football. And as you said, a lot of things could happen. And, and, and it's, you know, there's no fault there. But when I look at what eight... Eight wins did it really got us into that competitive position gave us favourable ties you'd argue in the, in the playoffs as we got there and I think it's going to still be coming down to what we end up doing with the rest of the season that will determine whether or not this 20 run this 20 unbeaten spree has really proven what we needed but you can't take anything away the players are given everything and it's and it's fantastic the the thing that I mean I've not actually had a vote yet because I need to sign out from the beside Twitter account to go into mine so I can have a vote but um, the thing that might make might make me swing to the the eight straight wins is just the fact that we were completely and utterly in our pomp. We had the BMW firing in all cylinders, uh, and it, the pressure of going into that next game and uh, the, the 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 carrot that we could see being dangled a little bit down the road, and it, the, the the you know the fact that Leeds were such a really good team last year. Um, and West Brom and themselves had kind of set themselves away from everyone else but we could smell blood and I think that the ability to, to give ourselves confidence to know that by continuing to play our brand of football it is good enough to scare most teams at this level and I think without that eight game winning streak maybe the confidence or the experimentation with the fact that we are kind of slightly more conservative but a little bit more confident in our own ability I think as a club we really do believe in ourselves now and I think we wouldn't maybe have achieved this 20 game run if we hadn't have done what we did last year it's, just, it's not fact I can't prove that but I just think it's uh, as Bill said it's about setting standards it's about um uh, put in markers of expectations. We've, we've, we don't, we don't, we're not a losing club. We don't lose very often anymore, and that is a habit that is something that hopefully we can take forward. It's a definitely a learning process as well. You see, so I think, and, and as you're saying, so that is part of the thing. And I think we've, we're learning. And I know that you know one of the one of the sort of senior coaching team. You know, last season when I spoke to them afterwards, and uh, you know, a bit gutted after we lost, and they just went, "We learn from this." You know, you, you, so you don't learn from you know getting beaten teams six or seven nil every single week. You know what I'm saying? But you know, they'll learn from this, and then next season we'll come back and we'll come back stronger. And I remember that being said to me when you're sort of in your doldrums, being beaten by Fulham, and I think it's 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 a proven case. You know, that, you know, it, you, you can't you can't buy that kind of you know that kind of experience. You know, that experience for for young players. Our players are still young, and they experience. You know, people even like Madsbeck Sorensen. He's experienced a playoff loss. You know what I'm saying? You can't buy that. You, you, you seriously can't. So I think for, for us, that is, you know, that is swung in our favour and it's helped us within that role, the Liberal. Yeah, I mean, I think the other question is as well is that where are we going to call the cut-off point? You know, if we make it 21 games and we run the same poll, are we going to get the same result? You know, where do we call it off? I mean, there is, there's so many few milestones you can really call it when you've had 20 games unbeaten, you know. We could, you know, even if we go all the way through and, you know, we can't, I don't know, as we can quite mimic the, the Reading season now from, uh, from when they were virtually unbeatable. 
but but you know but the point is is that whatever happens now it's an achievement in its own right and it will be the thing that will have driven our season you know we can't avoid it this 20 games will be the thing that really pushes us up there it's interesting i mean this is obviously like i say it's a record 20 game uh, unbeaten is a record and we, before that it was 19 games unbeaten and that was the the warburton season the season that we got uh, promoted from division one and we went 19 games unbeaten that season now um, Liberal Tom, you did a little bit of research to find out what position were we in when we actually started that run? Yeah, we were down in down in tenth, you know, mid table obscurity. But I mean, you know, when you look at the start of this season, you know, you could have said that we might have been in the same kind of position. It's but it's it's about how you bounce back. And I think whatever happens, we've just got to be. I think you've already talked about it, though. To be honest, Bill, you've talked about that fact. That it's that ability to bounce back and to really prove yourselves and to go out there and prove to yourselves that you can do this and you can turn it around and you can get consistent wins. And we've proven that. And and I, and I think the players have learned a lot. They've learned from last season. You're absolutely right. And I and I do think this lot are experienced enough that they'll be able to carry themselves through for the rest of the season, knowing that even if there are blips along the way, they can maintain that high level of performance and bring it back to something like this. Talking about, I mean, promotion season runs. Obviously, we've got that 19-game run in the the Division One season, which has got us to the league that we're in now. And then there was another run as well, which we remember in the in the 1992 season when we won the league. We actually won the sort of the third tier. I think it was what, Division Two, whatever it's called at the time. I, I get confused because they kept renaming it. Like you know what I'm saying, but you know, the third tier, the, the, like I call it Division Two at the time. And uh, we went we went on a run there as well, didn't we, Laney? Which seemed like a run forever. Um, uh, was, wasn't that right? Yeah, uh, it was. It was the run that, that took us to uh, the, to, the, to win the championship in the, in, league, in tier three, as you say. It was. Uh, I think it was Bank Holiday. We, we'd lost at Wigan away, Springfield Park, and then we had Bournemouth um, over the Bank Holiday weekend. Bournemouth and Reading. Bournemouth at home and it was a two-two draw. So I mean, it wasn't like a win. And then the Reading game was was a draw. So that was a, that was nil nil. But then there was there was it was back to back wins. We beat Shrewsbury, Hull, Darlington, Bolton, Fulham, the famous four nil at half time, and then one nil one nil at Peterborough uh, on the final day of the season. So memories that again you know and achievements that will never be forgotten. But again, I think it pales into insignificance compared to the, the what we've achieved at this level. You know, that was League 3 and yes, you know, it got us promoted so there's always going to be a great achievement and it's another example of us sort of really, really sort of digging deep and, and going the extra mile to, to, to get something that you, it becomes tangible. You could see that the prize was, was within within sort of fighting distance. And the, the I think the Fulham result, the, the 4-0 at half-time, was the game where we actually believed that we were going to get promoted and then to go away to Peterborough, who were in contention themselves at the time. That was a, that was a tough, tough game. Um, and to win 1-0 was, was, was brilliant. But I don't think it. I don't think it compares to what we're doing now. No. So I mean, I think what I'm trying to have a look at here now. You, you've got three different seasons here where you've got runs. I mean, the 1992 is a good run because there's quite a lot of wins in that one. Probably quite similar to what we did last season as well. But we basically ran and all the way went all the way to the end and got ourselves a promotion. But you got yourselves in some sort of form um, on the in the in the in the the Mark Warburton era. Okay, we came on a run where we basically came out of tenth place. We came out of almost mid-table, right, and then went on a run all the way to the begin to, to the end of the season, which got us in second position and got us promoted. 
at the moment now we're on a 20 game run you know you can argue right still in the middle of the season now you could go horribly wrong but my argument is I'm going to sit here and say but the fact is that we've gone we've done the run and from for us we'll have to almost like kind of fluff it because we'd have to because even if we step off and we're not as good as we are which is quite likely in that run all we need to do and I say he says it all we need to do is basically carry on doing what we do before and and just be as good as maybe as we because at the moment we're very good but maybe if we step it down and you are just just good that'll be enough to see us over the line does that make sense because if it was the other way around and we had a sort of kind of an average run an okay run you know good pretty good run towards the towards the middle of the season and then the the run that we're on now towards the end of the season everyone would be raving about it again it, it would give us exactly the same points but it depends on how you do it so what i'm trying to say to you is that people kind of got to get their head around the fact that we need to go on a, a really strong run towards the end of the season i think that we're getting to the stage where we just need to make sure that we don't drop off and i think this is what stop thomas flank has done bringing in certain players that they've done you know we've got the winston reeds and all this lot coming in to make sure that in effect that we i hate to use the word bottle it but we don't we don't because we still got a young side that we don't do that that we continue to do what we're doing and even if we don't do it at the heights we were doing it before at least we can maintain a level so that we'll carry on and get ourselves over the line yeah but it's about where you draw that line though as well because that's the thing isn't it as well now are you drawing that line at automatics in which case you know even a few results suddenly see you slip down quite far or are you saying playoffs again and in which case then of course yeah you've given yourself more of a buffer and I think that's testament to where we are though I think you're absolutely bang on on that point is that you know we, we are talking about now the fine line of there between kind of second and third rather than that battle between six seventh eighth that we've been in a lot of the seasons well you know you, you I think the the focus is just automatics at the moment and you know I, I hear what Bill was saying and he's absolutely spot on we, we'd have to you know, to use the wheels coming off analogy of, of the bus, they'd have, we need two wheels to fall off, I think, to not make the playoffs now. Again, not counting any chickens until the hatch, but we're 14 points inside the playoffs. You know, we're 54 points, and, and Middlesbrough in seventh place are in 40. So 14 points we'd have to... We'd have to we'd have to not win for for like five five games. We'd we'd have to lose five games while Middlesbrough won five games on the spot on the just just to overtake us. Um, you know, so assuming that's not going to happen, um, the focus nil needs to be about winning our game in hand, keeping the the unbeaten run going for as long as we can. Yes, it will end. Um, at some stage, just let's hope. You know, hopefully we can we can go the the, the, the half a season, the twenty three games. You know, the next the next three games don't get any easier for us. Obviously, we've got Reading away Wednesday, then we've got Barnsley at home. We, we're quite well, well aware of what Barnsley did to us last season, um, and then we've got QPR away um, again. You know, QPR on a decent run. They went to Watford last week and won, and they, and they won they won yesterday. So. It's you know they're they're really tough matches, but again I just think we need to just draw confidence in the fact that even when we go a goal behind, even when there's a setback at the moment, there's this supreme confidence in the players that they all just constantly just go forward, create chances, don't panic, knowing that get the ball wide, create the quality, create those x those high xg opportunities. And more often than not, 
it will get us at least a point, if not three. And you know, it, it's 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 working for us. You know, the philosophy is 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 is, is borderline genius. You know, um, if 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 once the dust has settled on this season, um, whatever happens, you know, I think sitting down with Thomas Frank again, hopefully in a pub, will be will be really enlightening. Where we can work out what kind of research they did do on rotation, whether they did go a little bit lighter in some games than they probably could have done just so they could they, they didn't burn the players out. We're finding at the moment now that apart from the the ones that are actually injured, uh, the, the, the 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 rest of them are kind of <laughs> they're really consistent week in, week out. Um, yeah, you know there's there's errors. We'll we'll talk about we'll talk about the you know the David Raya punching it into his own net yesterday and that that overly familiar uh, b- ball given away for a free kick in a dangerous area they send all the big men forward and we go a goal down or they, it costs us a goal that's, that's happened in the last three or four matches now so there's deja vu that keeps going on and we cut that out if we can but and again I said this in you know a couple of times in recent weeks the the perfection that we all crave maybe it isn't this season maybe we don't need it maybe we just win enough Maybe, well, hopefully we'll win enough. But listen, we're going to talk about the Borough game because that was a very good game, a very nice game, and we're all very happy with it. So let's take a little break. Let's come back afterwards and let's chat Borough. So Middlesbrough. Listen, I've got, I've got, I've got, I cannot do this section without saying I was watching that match and uh, when the goal started going in and I was thinking to myself, I'm absolutely gutted I'm not up in Middlesbrough. As you know, it's one of the first matches that we tick off. Um, when the fixtures come out, we buy a train ticket straight away. We go up to Middlesbrough. You know, if it's not Preston, it's Middlesbrough. We have a right old laugh. We normally come back having been beaten. and uh, But we still have a great time. We know a lot of people up there. They're really nice to us. We have a great time. Um, but, you know, but then the tides turned with one season. Like I said to you, we went up there and we drew. And the Borough fans came up to us and they said, you know, you players played really well. But interestingly, because after the match, they always invite us to the 12th Man Bar, which is a bar which is actually underneath the stand in the Middlesbrough end. And they say, look, when the game's finished, you come over. We've got a DJ there. We stand around. We have a good old drink. And, uh, and we'll, we'll sit down and we'll have a catch up. So we always go back there after the game. You know, we've normally lost. You know, one time we drew. We have to stand inside the bar having drinks with them. They're all really happy. DJ's playing all sorts of records. And, you know, we're doing the manners thing. And, yeah, it's fine. I remember last was it last season or a couple of seasons ago where you know we were just so kind of like you know fed up of being beaten by Borough you know we said them said come to the 12th man bar again we said okay I'll tell you something though if if you win get your DJ to play the birdie song and we'll you know we'll we'll give it the old birdie song dance you know what I'm and we said it as a bit of a joke because we just never thought we'd been at Borough and we beat them and we turned up at the 12th man bar and next minute the music went on and all the beasts well we, we, we had to push it a bit they, 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 they weren't happy they, were they? they weren't happy no. a, lot, a, lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the ones that were their arms around the shoulders oh well done lads oh you're plucky losers they, they'd gone they'd gone home hadn't they and uh, 
and the, 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 the demand for nonsense novelty song, we said, no, no, come on, no, we said, we'll come here, if we beat you, we, we'll put this on. And then when we started being idiots, they, they weren't happy. <laughs> it was, uh, it's one of those things, as we say, it's, it's the madness, you've got, you know, you've got to take it and you've got to give it as well, you know, and then that day we were able to give it and we, we managed to walk out of the <laughs> Middlesbrough Stadium in one piece. Uh, probably for the years that we built up of having to actually take it from them as well, would it? Well, you imagine imagine trying to do that there in sort of 25, 30 years ago. We would have got a proper <laughs> shoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, just coming back to that Borough match, um, it was... <laughs> It was like Groundhog Day to start off with, isn't it, lady? I mean, listen, it was like a bit of a weird one with the game and started off. We'd, uh, you know, we'd probably sort of most of us had probably transported ourselves, you know, the long distance away trip from the kitchen to the front room, you know, <laughs> you know, armed with our, our sack of beers, like, you know, and uh, we just about managed to sit down before the sort of kind of corner was taken. Ball came across and oh, no, ball's gone in the back of the net again for the fourth game wow. in a row. I mean, the question I'm going to ask you, I mean, because this is like, the, this is the, this is the really weird one. Um, I, I just want to ask you guys, you know, from, from that match, just briefly, because we're going to go into a, a longer chat about it in a minute. What were, what was the sort of kind of the positive that you took out of it? And also what was, you know, something, and not say a negative, but something that, that, that that came out of that game which you sort of kind of stroked your chin and you thought hold on a second we need to we need to sort that out Laney uh, the positive is the fact that the the, 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 the self-belief is just off the scale um, the going behind doesn't phase us and thankfully it happened again in the, the second or third minute the the, the negative is that we haven't got a six foot five goalkeeper who can command his area with these big uh, floated or driven balls into the danger area. We are always going to be susceptible to uh, the player, (laughs) the attacking player, sticking his elbow in our goalkeeper's head, stroke throat, or you know, or intimidating him with with a with a, a, a raised arm that isn't necessarily a foul, but he's gonna 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 catch him out because he's not quite tall enough. David Raya is probably four inches too short to be a traditional goalkeeper. What we've got is a sweeper keeper who is probably the best goalkeeper in the division because his distribution, his reading of the game, and his reflexes. Second half. Those saves with his feet, um, one from Yanel, one from um, uh, who was the who was the, the shot from? It was from Asomalonga. Uh, reflexes are second. Uh, Asomalonga, that's the one. Um, yeah, his, his reflexes are second to none. So you, you can't have it both ways, you know. I think he is the best possible goalkeeper for Brentford and the way we play. And the flip side of that is against teams that highlight him and who have got huge players up front, you might get a bit shaky, you might have a few shaky moments and that's that's something we've we've come a cropper with uh, in the last three or four matches. Uh, is it something we need to cut out? Yeah, if we can. Um, and if we can't, we just need to carry on taking our chances and it doesn't really matter so much. And 
you know, it's the old analogy. If you score, you score, score four goals and you let in three, you won. Um, it's it's just the way it's going at the moment. <laughs> Kevin Keegan theory there. Lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much, pretty much, and it, it it goes like that in phases. And I I don't think you know all the Mark Warburton, you know, plan A do plan A better. It's 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 a similar philosophy. Concentrate on you on your A game, and then you know if if, if they're quite good in phases, which you're going to get. We're we're an immense standard of football when you're going to an away game up at Middlesbrough um, of course it's gonna you're gonna have tricky moments but you know we, we come out of that come out of that uh, not laughing but yeah a massive smile on our face so happy days except the difference there Laney is obviously we've got you know one of the best defences in the division even though we do keep on letting these goals Liberal Tom yeah um to be honest, I've got a bit of a weird one in terms of what I think was was stand out for me. Uh, and one of the things that stood out to me is that we're getting goals and opportunities from players that, you know, we we really didn't have down as goal scorers and creating opportunities. You know, Rico Henry's always been a provider. Uh, I was I think he was really unlucky not to score with his effort that was uh, that was blocked. Uh, and then also as well, you've got um, Janelle popping up and scoring some important goals as well. So, you know, um, yeah, listen, you know, the free kicks are definitely a problem, um, you know, and Raya has got to be commanding. But then again, if you're playing in that weather, I mean, frankly, that was what I would consider consider kind of typical northeast weather. It's, it's tough to compete with if you're not, you know, if you're not seasoned for it. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, fair play to it. So that was, so I'd say, yeah, that was something that stood out to me. Also the bench as well. I mean, you know, the quality we're bringing off the bench these days, the plan B, that we've got in the in the locker we've said it before and we'll say it again I mean it's it stands out now as something that's really important for us if we, if we really are going to be serious about promotion you know or, or automatics this season um, what was yeah what was, what was my main weakness I'd say I think for me the, the thing that still concerns me is that we keep looking like we lose our shape at times you know we, we sometimes look, seem like we're getting dragged a little bit too far out of position and we're over committing and we're overthinking it and we're trying to play that perfect ball and I think sometimes we've just got to cut out some of that kind of umming and ahhing and just commit ourselves and trust in ourselves and it seems odd that we're saying that after 20 games unbeaten that we still have players that don't have that confidence to just do what they believe they can do but we know they've got it in there and if they believe in themselves you know I'm thinking Jensen here if he believes in himself in a few more of those passes I think he'd be surprised by the output he gets from it but um, yeah I mean it's difficult to knock it when you've had a 4-1 win isn't it <laughs> It's interesting you talked about um, Rico Henry because that little back heel that he did and turn where he lost his player that was I thought that was on another level did that in the area that was almost like a sort of kind of similar to to what Raya did as a goalkeeper when he sort of kind of dropped his shoulder and then just passed the player in his own area I thought that was really brilliant he got the shot in he was very unlucky not to get a goal and like I said to you that was that was a striker's move as well so yes I do agree with you you there um for, for me it for me, it's. Uh, I think for me, I'm, and I'm going to say the, the positive I'm going to take out of that, and just out of sort of you know games in general. And I've mentioned him before. I'm just going to say one name, one player name is Fosu. Fosu's really, really impressed me. I mean, uh, the way that when we scored, was it the first goal or was it the second goal? It was the goal where he was down the wing. And then what he did is he kind of just got his body in front of the ball, which stopped the Borough player getting in. Then he sort of controlled it, placed the ball across the goal, and then Tony put it in the back of the net. I think it was the first goal. I thought that was just brilliant. And he's had some moves where he's become a real provider and a real danger man. And beforehand, Foster was kind of one of these players who came on 
Laughed around a little bit, did some things. Sometimes it would come off, sometimes it wouldn't come off. And like we said before, he was a person who, who was brought into our side. And I think it was a little bit of a kind of wild card. We'd see how it goes, and if he came through, it'd be great. But you know, he, you know, we'll, we'll just give it a go. Seven hundred fifty thousand pounds, you know, compared to what we were spending, you know, we were spending two and three times that on other players. It was a little bit of a kind of trial. And Fosu has come on leaps and bounds as far as I'm concerned and the fact we said this before him being able to rotate with um with with with, with um Bumo as well and you know sometimes you might some people may turn around and say to me at the moment Fosu is probably more reliable you know on the pitch than Bumo is at the moment now which is good but the fact that you know that you're putting Mbumo on the bench and probably going to bring him on and then he could do what he wants that to me is adding a different layer onto our team so I think that's really positive from the sort of kind of must do better and like I said to you I'm not saying negative because you, you can't say negative when we're in a, a 20 match run but if you're talking about must do better um, if you're sitting down with a team for me it's um, it's defensive it's the, it's the defensive headers it's, it's the aerial play I know a lot of people talking about um, Raya and the fact that Raya has let in these goals but I'm just questioning whether or not the ball in the first place should not have been kind of taken up by one of our defenders one of our central defenders should have got their head to it this was the type of balls that back in the day and I say not too long ago back in the day we'd always be nervous every time a ball went into the area we'd always fluff it and then the opposition team would always get a goal normally a Birmingham City or a Millwall one of those type of teams and we weren't able to defend against it then afterwards we were brilliant against defending against it and I just thought we, we didn't have any fear but it's got to the situation now where when the ball goes into the area, I'm really nervous because I don't know whether or not the central defenders will get it. And I don't know whether or not that's positioning, still working themselves out with each other. I'm not quite sure what that is. Somebody said to me that because the set-piece coach went to Arsenal, we have lost the set-piece coach. Um, we have been very good from corners, to be fair, and, and from set-pieces attacking-wise. But maybe the defensive set-pieces, we still need a little bit more work on. and We maybe need an extra body to come in and help us with that. But that is the one area that I'm a bit nervous about. Um, it's obviously not going to be, like I say, not going to be all the teams that are going to be able to do that. But then maybe if they feel that's our Achilles heel, this is what they'll end up start doing. So teams like Norwich City, who probably don't necessarily do that all, all the time, or Barnsley, who who play the ball on the deck a lot, they might turn around and say, hold on a minute, let's just throw the ball into the area because we know that just causes mayhem. So I think we need to, to we need to watch out for that a little bit. I thought we were a bit unlucky. I thought Dalsgaard was unlucky. I don't, I, you know, that, that the the free kick that he conceded where where the ball was was put in I I, I don't necessarily think you know the the referee's given the right decision there I thought there was a couple of really kind of weak bookings that we took and I I thought um, I I, I thought that uh, you know I think some of the substitutes we had to make in the second half were because our players were on bookings that on another day they they, they wouldn't have been given Um, so I think the the standard of the refereeing or the consistency of decision making has cost us uh, one, one, more than more than once or twice. I think that you know on another day the Swansea equaliser is ruled out. Um, you know the free kick may not have actually been given, um, and then the Dalsgaard free kick where he kind of the player kind of bounced off of him really rather than he fouled him. Um, you know that doesn't get given on another day, but you, know, you just got you just got to take it. You know the fact we said earlier on in the pod we scored 14 goals in three games. It does 
allow you uh, the luxury of not having to be too overly critical in the defence. Yeah, you know, I'll go back to the perfection thing. Of course, we want to we want to be watertight at the back and then clinical up front. If we're not quite so clinical up front and then we are watertight at the back, then we still win. Definitely, we're still in win. So, listen, talking about winning, talking about numbers, talking about goals, talking about figures and stats. We thought we'll go over to the expert, Will, the spreadsheet winker. He's done a little bit of analysis of what went down in that Borough game. So let's hear what Will has had to say. It's spreadsheet winker, it's a winker, and it does seem good like it should be. Spreadsheet Well, this one was a roller coaster, wasn't it? In terms of XG. Bees made 2.33 and Borough made 2.59. So this was the fifth time we've been beaten in the XG race this year. So why did we manage to smash them 4-1 on the day? Two words, David Raya, who had one of the best performances I've ever seen in the Brentford net after conceding an own goal in the third minute. The jury is still out as to whether or not he was fouled, but conceding from a set piece within five minutes for the second match running was irritating to say the least. But David more than made up for it, with six save, of which four of them were excellent reflex saves, to deny Borough some excellent goal-scoring chances. XB, George Savile squandered chances equating to 1.4 XG, and the main Borough man, Britta Sombolonga, had 0.79 XG saved. Of the seven shots David faced, he saved six, and the other was blocked. And put simply, had Raya not put his body on the line and stopped the shots that he did, even having scored four goals, we could have been in trouble here. So what went wrong with the defence to concede so many good chances? It wasn't that we were sitting off Borough, since we had 6.65 passes per defensive action to their 12.96, meaning we massively outpressed them. Especially after their goal went in, our pressing was hovering around 2 PPDA until the equaliser, one of the highest presses Bees have had this season. Borough crossed the ball 18 times, but only 3 were accurate, so it wasn't a case of our defenders being beaten in the air every time a cross went in. I think Borough were probably quite lucky to get the four massive chances that they did, in the same way that Brentford were lucky to score them. Now, let's move on to a lethal attacking performance from the Bees. Our first came from a fantastic lofted pass from Henrik Dalsgaard, which Tony knocked on to Fossu before Tariq drew the keeper and allowed Tony to slot home into an empty net. This 38-minute chance had 0.45 xG. Then, after half-time, Ivan again knocked down a Madsbeck Sorrenton cross and Vitaly Janot blasted home across the keeper from 18 yards out. This was by far the smallest chance we scored, with just 5% xG. And our third resulted from Matthias Janssen capitalising on the last man slipping in midfield, leaving the Dane free to take the ball around Bettinelli and slot a 43% chance home. Ivan Tony was also in pursuit, so he also had the option to square it as well. Then our fourth came from a move started by Rico Henry cannoning a shot into the crossbar. Then Brian and Bermo crossed the ball back in and Ivan nodded home the 0.36 xG chance. The big man actually missed our highest XG chance of the game, a 53% shot in the 82nd minute where he single-handedly manhandled the Borough defence back into the six-yard box, only to shoot just wide of the post. So for me, this was a strange game, characterised by the Bees being incredibly lucky on two fronts, firstly Raya's goalkeeping heroics, and secondly the fact that we were so clinical in front of goal. On average, we'd only scored two goals in that match, but as the saying goes, we made our own luck, and with David Raya in goal, we certainly got enough of that. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker. Um, yeah, he did very well on his debut on the on the podcast last week. Actually, you know, it was a, I thought it was a bit of a switch up, you know. And it's interesting because obviously, liberal, the other liberal, the fake liberal, liberal Nick, 
Yeah, fake, absolutely fake. He, he, he needed to get his, his tuppence worth in, so he decided to become the stats man, and he was he was coming out with all sorts of nonsense last week, wasn't he, Laney? He's always coming out with all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, coming back to the Borough game, um, the stats on this one, I mean, uh, to be fair to, uh, to Borough, I mean, they, they came out on top, 2.59 to Brentford's 2.33, as he said, on the XG front. And like I said, Borough created a, a lot of opportunities. And in effect, for Brentford, we were just basically clinical. You know, when we got in front of goal, bang, in the back of the net. But, um, I, and I have to say this, you know, from the manners perspective, got to give props to, to Borough. And we said this beforehand as well. Borough, I thought, were, you know, they're a Warnock side. And we thought, you know, we had a bit of a laugh last week. You know, we were talking about, you know, typical Warnock sides, you know, how they play their, their, their football. But they did come at us. I mean, you know, I thought they, they had some, some excellent play. You know, uh, a somber longer on, on another game would have had a couple of goals. Like, you know, um, is it Balassi as well? You know, it was causing us problems and I just thought that I mean I thought that they were a decent side and I think the one thing about it okay we got a result we got a decent result you know even Thomas Frank said you know that wasn't a 4-1 game you know maybe it was a 2-1 game we deserved to win that that game um you know but maybe you know we absolutely kind of smashed them on the on 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 the on the marks front but you know as far as we're concerned Thomas Frank you know like I said to you we got the result that we needed to get but for me Borough I'm very happy that Borough are going to give other teams a lot of problems and other teams that we have to play this season. If they continue to play like that, they will definitely give your Swansea's and your, your Norwich's and, you know, all these other teams up there, they're going to give them problems. So for me, that was a big plus. Yeah, and I mean, uh, let's, I think we've also got to give credit to Agent Savile, who, uh, frankly, on another day would have put those away. And he really did us a favour with a couple of those. He had some big chances in that game that he squandered. And, uh, and and also got himself a silly yellow. I mean, I think in the end he was probably lucky he didn't make any more silly mistakes because uh, he could have cost them. But, um, yeah, we should be grateful there because they, they, they credit where it was due, some good football there and actually a really quite enjoyable game. And we also have to thank the state of the uh, Middlesbrough pitch because their, goal, their, <laughs> their, defend, their, their defender doing the old Torval and Dean kind of dying swan uh, just allowed Jensen to kind of, like, skip through on goal. I have to be. I have to ask this question: What were you thinking when Jensen was bearing down on the goalkeeper? Were you were you going, oh no, he's going to fluff it. It's going to fluff it. It's going to fluff it. Or were you saying, pass pass it to Tony, pass it to Tony? Or did you know that he was going to round the keeper and put it in the back of the net? Pass. There's still a lot to lot to do. Pass. Was pass. 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 <laughs> Honestly, it was one of those ones where it was yeah. because uh, give it to Tony. Give yeah. it to Tony. <laughs> because we normally because we normally fluff it and and, and it was uh, I think it was um, was it. McNair, was it McNair that's, that slipped over? Yeah, I mean, it was def- yeah, definite yeah. born slippy, as they say. Um, <laughs> it was and, um, it was really bad as well, because when he went down, and then we got the ball, and, oh, you know... Yeah, Stevie oh, G like, yeah, it was like, And it was one of those ones where, if you're at the horse race, you know, if you go, if you went to sort of Newmarket or something like that, and you're sitting there, and, <laughs> and your horse all of a sudden is out front, but you're there, like, kind of riding the horse as well, aren't you? You're, you're sitting there going, come on, and then yeah, you've sort yeah, of got yeah. this imaginary horse, and that's kind of how I felt. I was going, oh, go on, come on. Come on, you know, well, you as, were a, riding, as, a, as a horse came, you were riding an imaginary <laughs> horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that McNair would have been taken off and shot. I think if, that, if it was a horse. Oh uh, dear! So but, but you God, know, so God, uh, God, that, God, he, he had uh, he had born slippy shoes on, didn't he? For a, for a few moments before then as well. I, I was saying, <laughs> these guys got studs in their boots, or they wearing like Persian <laughs> yeah. slippers. That's right. Velassi, he, he, you know, he was good. Cabano as well. You know, he, he, early on in the game, you know, he's the one that's putting the corners in, and uh, we know him obviously from Fulham last season. And again, when when they signed him, I was a little bit like, oh Jesus, like, here we go. Like you know, Saville. I mean, their midfield. You know, it's it was it was definitely a, an attacking <laughs> midfield. <laughs> they were It wasn't a midfield that was coming in there to sort of kind of sit back and like I said you know for us as far as I'm concerned I'm thinking this is this is good for the future we got the result we needed and they're going to go out and they're going to they're going to give their they're going to give people a little bit of a of, of, a, of a spanking like you know so um but yes I mean Borough uh, I mean you know stats you know 58% to 42% you know it was pretty even six six, six attempts on target each you know Seven off targets, four and one for them. You know, two block shots to four. You know, in their flavour, favour. You know, it was the game itself was fairly even, but we came out more clinical. And this, to me, is very similar, maybe, to what we may have been like what two seasons ago, three seasons ago. We'll go into a game like that and we'll come out absolutely screwing, even though the team that we play, you know, was very good. But we look at the chances that we've missed and we'd be kind of absolutely ruin it, you know, and I think the same for them. And this is part of the learning curve that I keep talking about, about Brentford. The learning curve that we've had, we've got a little bit of luck, we've got a little bit of skill, we've got people that can finish, we've got people that will see the game out. And this is such a massive difference uh, between the last few seasons. And I, I think looking at that bench as well, when we talked about the, the you know players we had on the bench, Mbwemo M- M- and Josh De Silva, you know, there was there was talk. Um, I, I read a couple of tweets from people that claimed to be in the know that you know uh, Josh De Silva was out forever. He, he'd amputated his own leg or something because of a training ground incident. But he's he's, he's back. You know, he's, he's on the bench. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in the next the next few weeks. But you know, he and Mbwemo play very important parts in. Making sure that the quality that we've we've seen in the next in the, sorry in the, over the last twenty games continues. You know, players need to come out. I think you know Godos has had his chance now. Can we can we can we better him in the team? Yeah. So maybe maybe he we we, we flip him out for the Reading match. He's, he's had sort of three three or four games now where he started. Um, that's not to say he's not he's not contributed, but I, I think you know there's there's players on that bench that are you know. Almost fit or are match fit that can come in now. Um, we need Marcondes, you know, he he's to come back, and we've got uh, Norgard to come back, and we've got Pontus to come back. There's there's a lot of big name players, big match players that aren't featuring at the moment, and we're still still going strong. Just looking at whoscored.com and just looking at the scores as well, uh, Belasi was a top boy for, for Borough, 6.9. They mean some were longer at 6.4, Saville at 6.3. And they were like, you know, six point six, around 6 this year. And their defence came in at, at about 5.5, 5.7 as well. Looking at the Bs, Ivan Tony with a massive 9.2 as well. And off that, Janelt was a 8. A Jensen was 8.4 as well. You know, Fossil was 7.2. Our defence did all right. Dalsgaard 6.8. Sorensen 6.6. Pinnock 7.7. Henry uh, 7. Also, interestingly though, um, 
um, Raya was 7.6, even though he pulled off all those saves. And I think part of the reason why is because of the fluff that was at the beginning. I see that they seem to deduct you massive points if you actually do a fluff. You know, Mar um, the Raya would have probably come in at a good old 9.5, I think, if the, if the fluff didn't come in early. But still, it goes to show you where we're at um, with the players there. And also just coming onto the stats side of things as we're still going on the stats front we like to do this just to see where it is see where the xg and see where they see brentford we're still at the top of the xg charts brentford are top with watford second middlesbrough third which is interesting showing that they're creating a lot of opportunities not putting them to bed uh norwich a fourth muff bournemouth a fifth blackburn a sixth with reading seventh who uh, we're playing on Wednesday and uh, Forest 8th which is interesting because Forest, Forest are right down the bottom of the table but they're actually creating a lot of chances they're not putting them to bed it seems and uh, so you know so that's where it's at the moment now it's been like that which is I think as I say it's not in gospel this doesn't mean anything but it does mean a lot it means that we're doing the right things and it means that we're in a good position and it's much better for us to be there than say for example your Sheffield Wednesday who is at the bottom who are not creating a lot of chances or your Wickham's or your Coventry who are the bottom three at the moment now and looking at the 538 simulated season table Brentford they have at the top we've currently got 54 points and they predicted us to get 89 points at the end of the season we've got the best offensive record statistically and the best defensive record statistically as well out of the whole league and we are 83% chance to be promoted and 54% chance to win the championship Norwich are in second place they're currently on 55 points they predict them to get 85 points and their 63% chance to get promoted and 24% chance to win the championship. Then we've got Swansea, third, currently on 53 points and they've got them on 82 points in third place. 45% chance of getting promoted and 12% chance of winning the championship. And after that is Watford, then Reading, then Bournemouth. And then we've got Blackburn in 6th place, Borough in 7th place. So that's quite an interesting outlook. Like I said to you, it changes week on week. They're showing us getting stronger. There's a gap between us and Norwich now, 4 points. There wasn't that gap last week. That can change and changes all the time. Um, but like I said to you, we just need to continue doing what we're doing. You know, if we can go on an unbeaten run to the end of the season, great. But that's likely not to happen. But we just need to be consistent in how we do it, innit? Is there a manners league, Bill? Is there a is there a manners league where well, Sw Swansea must be at the bottom of the old manners <laughs> league, mustn't they? Because their fans are just moaning, they're getting on my tits. If I'm honest with you. They're, 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 not, they're not very gracious, are they? It's, it's an interesting thing. And I'll, I'll, like I said to you, I will, you know, listen, we have to realise that we're all, you know, and I'm being the diplomat here as well, but we're all in the same game together and they're obviously very eager to, to, to go up. Um, there was interesting, there was a little tweet from one of the Swansea accounts, I think it was Vital Swansea, which said, you know, uh, maybe, you know, us, ourselves in Brentford should go off so that we can go get promoted so that we can actually continue this weird rivalry in the Premier League next season, which I thought kind of sums up kind of where we're at to a certain extent there is definitely a weird rivalry which started actually last season in the playoffs and it started last season in the playoffs because there was a bit of cheating going on from the Swansea team you know obviously they wanted to get ahead and, and do uh, and do what they wanted to do but they did there was definitely a bit of cheating going on you know a little bit of kind of cynical fouling this you know, and then they got the sending off with Rico Henry and then but I think the worst thing was with Cooper was it Cooper? Uh, the manager yeah. was completely and utterly ungracious in the in the in the press conference afterwards. I think Thomas Frank said whatever he had to say. He was very angry because of the sending off. The Swansea fans were 
really unangry with, Tom, with, with, with Thomas Frank and it kind of went off after that and when we got the win and we, we, we knocked them out in the second round that was kind of it afterwards and then we played them earlier this season and we beat them I know it's a draw wasn't it and uh, they, they weren't happy with that but this game <laughs> because they were cheating so much and, and we were made it very vocal that we knew they were cheating they just weren't happy were they this word cheating keeps coming round and round again now, doesn't it? You've, you've suddenly added into our vocabulary. So we'll have the Manners League and we'll have the Cheating League because apparently you were at the bottom of Manners gets at the top of Cheating. It's the same league, really, isn't it? They're sort of kind of merged <laughs> into one. You know, you know, you do a lot of cheating, you go to the bottom of the Manners League. But anyway, we'll see if we can get a Manners League table. Actually, maybe we get that up for next week. You know, we can see if, if one of them stats people, maybe Liberal Nicks, are actually working on a program at the moment now, <laughs> the Manners League table, the old XM. <laughs> Expected, expected manners. That's right. <laughs> Where do you think Brentford would uh, be in the XM league? Oh, I think we'd be high. I think we'll be top. Our manner. Top? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we're not giving it. We're not giving it a large one to Norwich, are we? You know, Norwich now have become our kind of the, the the next target for us to kind of you know to to hunt down and to overtake. But we're not we're not pretending or saying or. Or, or, or belittling them we're not even engaging I don't think I mean I've not seen any nonsense online so I, I think we're top of the XM league mate. I've got to say though because you sort of you, this league I mean you, you're sort of saying it's a, it's a bit of a, a negative but it sounds to me actually could be a bit of a positive for the team because if teams win you know if you're well if you're at the bottom of the XM league right it seems that you get promoted I mean to the to the to the Premier League I mean look at Leeds United Leeds United were definitely bottom of the XM league last season and uh, look at them now they're flying so maybe there's a there's a bit of a credence in being bottom of the XM league. Yeah, but if you're champions of Europe, that allows you that negates the the bad manners. I think. <laughs> okay, the, that's the really... fact that they were the champions of Europe. It means that they're allowed to be rude. So so that's so what we need to do is that we need to make sure that we're also champions of Europe, and we yeah. and then we can do what we want. We can put some stars on our badge yeah. now. Just just make it up like they yes. do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, listen, talk about making it up. We've got a guy that makes up all sorts of facts. We have got no idea what he's talking about half the time because he is so factual, it hits us in the brain. JB, we're going to talk to him and we're going to find out what he's got with his facts and funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Woo! Here again. So we went with an unchanged team for the visit to Middlesbrough. It was the first time that Thomas Frank had made a starting selection like that in back-to-back competitive matches since February last year. So it's fair to say that our record set in 1929-30 is unlikely ever to be beaten, which is when we went 21 games without a single team change from November through until March. That was also the season when we won all 21 home league games. As Ivan Tony moved on to 22 league goals, he went past the 21 that Gary Brissett top-scored with in the 1992-93 second-tier season. We now have scored 14 goals in our last three games. It's only the fifth time in our league history that we've scored 14 or more over a three-game period. The last was 26 years ago in 1994-95 when we beat Plymouth 7-0, Leighton Orient 3-0 and followed up with a 4-1 win over Chester City. So there you go, JB, with his facts and funk. I've asked you this before, the Liberal, but you do like a bit of funk, don't you? Oh, it's hard not to, isn't it? You know, uh, it's a 
bit of Wild Cherry in there. That's it. But I've, frankly, I'm not, nowhere near the levels of old JB's funk music. That's it, you know. I've had, a, I've had enough of it, Bill, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. Funk out. Yeah. I can funk, funk off. Funk right off. <laughs> funk off. Yeah, funk off my podcast. That's right. Too successful. Too I think funky. we need to get some. That's right. Too oh, oh, yeah, I think we ought to get some electro on next week. Uh, it's not personally. I don't, think, I don't think it's quite the same, actually. I don't think it's quite the You're same. You're not feeling we'll, it. We'll ask, we'll, ask, we'll ask JB what he's saying about that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, there you go with this facts and this funk. But listen, we're going to go and chat a little bit about. I want to tell you something. We're going to talk about Reading, but I've just got to give a few little shout-outs, though, first of all, as we do, because we're doing the Manners, talking about the Manners League. And we've got Manners on this podcast, and we've got to give Manners to the people who give us a bit of support out there as well, which we very much appreciate. Besotted.com forward slash beer, and you can buy us a beer if you like. And like I said to you, this goes towards all sorts of stuff, like, you know, including beer, um, even though not so much beer because we can't get out as much as we, we used to back in the day. But also we bought ourselves loads of equipment and with photographs for the website and, you know, web pages and all sorts of stuff that just helps us run and keep going and like i said to you hopefully you hear the sound is so much better quality now because thanks to your help we've managed to go out and tuck right in and get ourselves a little bit of audio equipment so we thank you scott williams he's based out in florida keep up the wonderful work all of us in sunny florida are flying with excitement the bees look amazing this year even with the bad cars during the swansea match and like i said to you scott and he's there based in tampa and uh, he's even hooked up with my brother who's in tallahassee which is only down the road only about four hours from him so uh, they've, they've actually got up and they've uh, they're, they're good mates now from what i can gather so uh, good on you scott as well chum they yeah, ch- chums chums yeah. Yeah, Florida chums. Yeah. And also Chris Reed. Ex- Friends. Excellent work. Keep going. Nice one, Chris. Respect to you and thank you for your support. And thank you, everybody. And like I said to you, we'll, we'll carry on doing what we're doing. We do enjoy it, like we say, and we'll keep going until until we drop. Until, well, until, no, until we paid another mortgage off, Bill. <laughs> That's right. We're still working on that. At least the seventh or eighth mortgage we're trying to pay off at this moment in time. But anyway, we've got a match coming up on Wednesday night is a very, very big game, and we need to win that game. So we are going to talk about Reading. But before we talk about Reading, we're going to go over and talk to Paul from Elm Park Royals. He's going to tell us all he knows about Reading. Hi, it's Paul here from Elm Park Royals fan site. We talk about Reading FC a lot and on a regular basis. Follow us on our social media accounts, all your normal ones, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and all them. We do podcast videos, but it's been a really good season for Reading. We are currently fourth in the league. No one would have expected us to be at this kind of level at the start of the season. Not quite sure how it's come about. We start off brilliantly with our best start since 1985 with an incredible start to the season. Then we really dipped off and we were worried is this going to kind of be like all the other seasons? Are we going to fall back into that terrible form? But we actually look better now than we have during that first seven or eight games. So the manager came in, Vlad Kapanovic um, from Chicago Fire, and very mixed reviews from them. But since he's been in the club, he's united all the players. Even though the fans can't go, they are 100% behind him. Who wouldn't be when your manager's taking you to fourth position after years of complete crap, to be honest, watching Reading. But 
he seems to be a very passionate man. He's very focused on the young players. He's getting the maximum out of them. Obviously, he won the Under-20 World Cup with Serbia, and that is really showing. In the first few games of the season, it wasn't sustainable. There's lots of talk about XG and how we weren't going to maintain it, and I think that's probably fair. But since then, we've increased our kind of like capacity all around the team. We look far better defensively, midfield and attack. Far more sustainable. We're now getting results even when we don't play that well. And I, I just got a really positive kind of like feel about us at the moment. I got to say the player that's really kind of like holding us all together, though, is Lucas Jow. He is ridiculously good this season. I know you've got Tony, who's also been brilliant for you. But Lucas Jow is sensational. His hold up play and his goal scoring. But also, I'd say we've got John Swift, who just come back from injury. He's been really, really good since he's come back. We've also got Ijaria. He's now hitting some form. He had a bit of a dip, but I think he's starting to fire up. And we've got the fullbacks as well, who push up really high with Omar Richards, consistently linked with Bayern Munich. And we've got Tom Holmes, another Reading fan. And looking at the back, Morrison has been brilliant for us. One of our best signings in years on a free. And another Reading fan in the team, Tom McIntyre. And you love to see your own kind of like fans of your team in the actual team playing. Kind of the best teams we've played so far, I would say, is probably Norwich, Swansea and yourself. You've all looked pretty good. And when we played you, oh, beginning of December or so, you battered us for half an hour. Um, completely deserve to win that game. I can't say anything else but that. You're all over us for the first half an hour. But I would say in that game, we were missing key players like Mate, Jao and Swift. And those are players that really, really bring the team together. So it'd be interesting to see how we work out in a different scenario with all those players on the pitch. Kind of going on to uh, who stood out for you, I would say Moemba. He was brilliant, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. But across the whole team, Brentford uh, look just look outstanding at the moment. Don't look at the form you're in. Was it 20 matches unbeaten now? I would add that's not quite as many as the 33 that we got in the 2005-06 season when we got 106 points. So... Maybe moving on to the Wednesday's match, maybe that is the time when you're going to get your first defeat for a long time. I kind of, it's going to be tough for us, really, really tough. But I don't know. I'm optimistic about it at home. We're very, very decent. Obviously, you're brilliant everywhere at the moment, backing up with a uh, fantastic win at Millsborough for you. But I'm going to say that Mate is going to come into the team and he's going to make a real difference linking up with Lucas Jao in that game. And I'm going to think that, yeah, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put myself on the line and say that Reading going to win 2-1, end your unbeaten run. And we'll see. I'm sure you'll all come back to me on that and let me know the moment that that doesn't happen. And... I look a total idiot, but what's new, eh? Football does that to me all the time. So, cheers. I hope you have a good season. i got to say, if anyone was going to go up, I'd much rather Brentford go up to the Premier League and hopefully you replace Fulham. Nobody wants to see Fulham there. So, have a good one. So, here you go, Paul, from the Elm Park Royals. And I have to tip my hat to you there, Paul, 
for the, the Fulham disrespect that you gave right at the end there. You know, at the end of the day, listen, you gave your uh, score prediction and listen, we'll give ours and everyone has belief in their team and we'll see how it goes. But the Fulham risk disrespect there was, was on another level. And I'm very happy with that. And uh, the fact that you want us to go up, but still you do very well, which I understand that, and Fulham to come down, which means that you understand bees up, Fulham down. And uh, respect, respect to the disrespect. That's right. You know, lady, where do you think that would come in, in the manners league that, you know, that we're going to kind of well, put together? I think that, well, for the, his lack of manners is gives him a better manners score, I'd say. I think we, we set the rules because it's it, it's on our barometer, isn't it? So That's right. So if, if Swansea being, at the bottom, if Swansea at the bottom, mm, where would Reading be? Mm, probably uh, halfway, probably. Because I, I think, I, I, I reckon, I don't, I, their fans don't like us, do they? I don't, I don't uh, know. I, I don't no, know. they don't. They really don't. They really, really don't like us. So I, I, I think... Because of the, the 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 lack of being able to go to the games, you, to, to be honest with you, like it shows you, if we were able to go to matches Wednesday night away at the Majeski would be huge, wouldn't it? You know, would be thousands and thousands of us would be going to you know to getting on their their coaches and going to their out out of town retail stadium to to to, to see the game. Um, it, it would have been a massive game. It is a massive game, but the fact we can't go, I think it's just taken that edge off. I think go, there's been some moody games at, 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 Red, at Reading, whether it be Elm Park or Majeski over the years. And I think this one would have been a biggie. And I, don't, I think as well, I think Allard, I think he definitely had part in that as well. I'm pretty sure he gave him grief last time that we played against him. And I'm pretty sure Paul weren't happy with him then, so, uh, so he probably called him cheating or something. So I, I blame the Allard as well, who's stirring up uh, all this trouble, eh? Okay, all right. I'm it, was the t- it was probably the t- it was probably the the other lot. It was probably the tile first. Oh yeah, like I said to you, well, we need to before because you're putting all sorts of accusations out there, and I'm just kind of taking it back a little bit, just try, try to keep the peace here for a minute. Now you don't know who said who and who said what, and just because Reading starts calling us names and saying that we're calling them cheats, you can't go out accusing everybody of well, uh, of cheating and going out and calling us cheats stick, and got them stick, cheating. Stick up for the ally. The ally's got to be right, hasn't he? So they've got to be wrong. No, no, I'm. I'm sure that it did happen but let's just find out exactly where and when because we're not quite sure who it was and when it was so let's not point a finger at Paul who's been great and we've had a, a good old chin wag and a good old chat but I'm just tagging it back here a little bit now before Cheap. before the before the Wednesday night because you know it'll happen if we lose that game we'll all be blaming it on the tiff that we've had between somebody that didn't even really exist we say you shouldn't have called them cheats because we, they weren't even cheating in the first place anyway so that's good but look just coming back to Reading I mean they've been doing all right recently you know they uh, they beat Huddersfield they lost to Luton you know they beat Reading 3-0 uh, sorry they beat Reading they beat Coventry 3-0 um, they drew nil all with Preston and they beat Bournemouth 3-1 and they drew nil all to Stoke so they've had a pretty good run they're coming into this game so it's going to be a very very tough one uh, for, 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 for the Bees you know shots per game 10.6 shots per game is what they're getting 40 goals um, and you know, listen, listen to you. It's uh, it's it's going to be like I said to you. It's going to be a toughie. Um, Jao, as we know, top top player, top top goal scorer of the season with 15 goals. Um, but after that is my team with six goals. You know, Elise with four goals. So you can see where the goals are coming up from. So if we can cut the cord to him, you know, that will do us a big, big. 
big favour. And, you know, looking at who their top players are as well, like I said, we use whoscored.com just to give a little vibe of what's going down. You know, Jao, top player at 7.3. Jari as well, 7.3. Elise 7.1. Mita Maite at 7.1. You know, Richards at 7.1. So all their players, you know, even Liam Moore, the XB at 6.8. They're all in and around 7, you know. And if you match it up against the Bs, you know, Ivan Tony is up there with 7.5. But other than that, you know, Canos with 7.2. Then everyone else is around about 7. We've got a few little 6.4s and 6.8s in there. So we're quite a solid side. Everyone's giving fairly kind of sort of down the line performances. And we're coming out slightly on top over the two, you know. But, you know, listen, anything can go and it's going to be a really, really, really tough game, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, it's going to be a toughie. Uh, they're, they're on fairly decent form and we're on, you know, amazing form. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a grind. I, I think. It's a grudge game. I, I think this is one where you know we, we went to the Majeska last year and, and took the piss a bit. We won three 0 did we not? Um, and it, it, they are a team that should be you know towards the top because they play decent football. Uh, they've done a double double kind of. Uh, uh, they started the season really really well and they were probably punching a bit above their weight. Uh, in terms of the way that you know the people were the pundits and the XG and the stats were showing, they, they they had a great sequence of results. Then they fell off a bit, and now they've come back. And a lot of people are saying they've come back stronger. They're the real deal now, and they weren't back at the time. So we've got a tough we've got a tough match, and I just think well, I think there's enough about us to, to to go there and win those still. What Reading are about their strengths. They're very strong at creating chances through individual skills. So they've got some great skillful players. They're good at creating long shot opportunities, creating chances through through balls, shooting from direct free kicks. So we, listen, we've got to stop that, man. Giving free kicks away on the edge of our area. Finishing scoring chances, give them a chance that they'll put in the back of the net. Attacking set pieces as well, which is something which worries us a little bit. They're also good at defending set pieces as well and stealing the ball from the opposition. So that's really kind of their, their, their major strengths. Weaknesses, protecting the lead. So if they go ahead, you know, you know, they can't necessarily protect it, which is good for us because you've seen what we have done recently when teams have gone ahead. Also, not great aerial duels. Avoiding individual errors, which we can pick up on because we're very quick on the break. Defending against attacks down the wings as well, which is one of our key strengths. And defending against long shots. So, listen, there's a few opportunities there, the Liberal. Sorry, how about cheating? Cheating? Well, um, they're very... <laughs> it doesn't look like that they're, they're majorly strong in the cheating area. It, it looks like Swansea are actually kind of out, out, outdone them in that one. And I, I, mm. I think there's not much more we can say about that. It's <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> but liberal Tom, there's quite a few things that we could pick out there on Reading, isn't there? Oh yeah, uh, you know. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to give them the discredit that Laney's given them. I think Reading have played all right, and I think you know they 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 play some really nice football. And I think you know got to give credit. And I'm not going to start comparing them to us and where we were on our journey. They're bleeding some young players in. They've got some experience there. It, you know, it's some really good stuff there. And I think I think it's I think they're building something very special there. And I think they've got the right manager to do it by the sounds of things. Everyone seems to be happy based on what Paul said. So so good luck to them. But um I think I think where we're gonna see the key battles for me is gonna be in the fullbacks. I think with their fullbacks pushing on a lot, our fullbacks pushing on a lot, there's gonna be a lot of space down those wings and it'll be very interesting to see what kind of delivery we've got. And you've already talked about how Fossil has been great. I reckon if Fosu and Canyos can start putting in some dangerous balls 
Tony will give them hell, and that should be some really good. That should be some really good battles there. Did, did you say what I, I thought you said? Canyos. Oh, did I do it? Did I? Oh, my tongue. Hold on, hold on. Let me do it. You were on one of those ones. Oh, my word. Oh, that's it. Well, do you know what it was? It was listening to those commentators at the weekend. They've got to my head now. They said it so many times that it's uh, it's coming back to me. I apologise. I apologise. Did you see Sergi Canos' sister as well? She was very unhappy about that. And so she even had to tweet out herself and say, it is Canos, not Canyos as well. And you can see, even though she typed it, you can hear the accent that she put into the into the keyboard strokes as well, didn't she? Did, it was also uh, the Majeski where Sergi Canos, not Canyos, <laughs> scored the goal that everyone's still trying to work out how he scored. Uh, they, they sing the song, um, how did he score that goal? Ooh, Sergi Canos. We want to know. We want to know. We want to know how he scored that how goal. He scored that yeah, goal. It's quite funny because that that song has kind of gone. It's just disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, it hasn't helped that there's no fans in the stadium. But that was like a, was a massive song. And then after that, it come around to sort of all sorts of other songs. But we don't actually really sing that song as much. And uh, I'd, I'd like to get that song back on the on the turntable on the ones and twos, wouldn't you, Laney? Yeah, I would. I think there's quite a lot of uh, a lot of lot of people that were singing that song that. Were, were singing other songs about him earlier on the season, but now he's he's fully back, isn't he? He's he's, he's the Sergi Canos that uh, that we know and love. He's he's, he's contagious. He, he he played really well again yesterday, and um, I'm sure he will on Wednesday night when he plays the cheats from Reading. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not subscribing to this cheat chat from you, Laney. I'm going to bring it back because I think Reading are all right and I think they've done really well. And I actually quite I like their manager as well. Serbian manager who came out of the MLS and no one rated him. Uh, he was at Chicago. As you know, like I said, I've been doing quite a lot of little researching into the MLS to see what's going on. And like I said, it's quite a few players coming over from America into the UK league as well. It's, they're using us as a bit of a stepping stone to, to maybe either go into Europe to, to do bigger things, to sort of lower league clubs. So there's quite an interesting US uh, UK thing going on at the moment now and like I said to you MLS man he is he's doing alright at uh, Reading are you going to be are you going to be calling it soccer soon Bill well it's, it's funny in my head I have to flip it between soccer and football but I'm, 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 I'm one of those ones where I'm trying to keep it 100% football but with all the podcasts I've been listening to it is really difficult because they are, they all call it soccer and I'm trying to think no no can't one of you go against the grain and say actually it's called football but they, they won't do it so it, it's it's a difficult one but if I do say soccer on this podcast I want you to please pull me up on it I don't think it's going to happen though it's just the old talking of which is the old Super Bowl tonight as well isn't it it's the old Super Bowl that you're trying to whip up into a thing over here that's it is and there's a bit of a weird one like an old story back in the day when I used to run my Super Bowl parties and I used to have all sorts of bees fans used to come around my house at 10 11 12 o'clock at night you know when I used to live in Acton for the Super Bowl party you know it was Beckles you know Joe all sorts of characters but I also had Steve Guppy there because he was going out with my flatmate at the time and uh, he'd be sitting down there <laughs> in the living room and I remember my mate when Iggy came inside with a fire extinguisher and let off a fire extinguisher in my front room with about 25 30 of us and we ended up having to, in the street all with sort of kind of white sort of kind of you know fire <laughs> extinguisher gear in our eyes and our hair and everything like that took me about at least six or seven years to remove all the fire extinguisher kind of, you know, nonsense. nonsense. 
from my house it just it was everywhere it was just sort of kind of falling down off the ceiling for years on end it was an absolute nightmare but Steve Guppy if you remember him the old Wickham striker who ended up playing for Celtic yeah, right, and he's, yeah. uh, he's, a, he's a football coach now he's a football coach in America actually like I said to you so every, so every time I used to every time I used to play Wickham we used to play Wickham after that or I was to see him I used to send the Terry and shout out fire extinguisher and he'd turn around sort of looking around what's going on and he'd see me he'd just start laughing so uh, another one of my strange stories from back in the day <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we'll come back to the Reading game guys I want to know your score predictions for the match Laney uh, I'm going 3-1 Brentford oh the liberal Tom the real liberal Oh, he's taken my scoreline. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll be nice because Paul was nice and frankly, Lenny's horrible. I'll go 2-1 to Brentford. Okay. And I'm going to go 2-0 to the mighty, mighty bees. So anyway, this is we had a good old chin bag. You know, we've, we've, we've invented a new league. We've had the Manners League, which is, <laughs> uh, I think is probably going to be much more influential than the XG Justice League, which is old school now. <laughs> so, uh, if you hear about the about the Manners League of the future, you know where you heard it first. But like I said to you, oh Billy Grant here. I've had a great afternoon. I'm very happy because we beat the Borough. We're looking forward to the Reading game on Wednesday. I don't think they're cheats. Lady thinks they're cheats. I still think Swansea cheat much more than other teams. They're going to be at the bottom of the Manners League. We're at the top of the Manners League, but hopefully we'll get the top of the Football League by beating Reading on Wednesday as we say. Come on, you bees! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.